welcome to Up To and Including Death. My name is Dr. Patricia Brewer. I'm John Brewer. And this is a podcast where a married couple watches scary movies and talks about it. Sums it up pretty well. I'm pretty excited about today's episode. We didn't get to it last week. No, we did not. No, I was very tired. Yeah, I'll blame it on you. (laughs) Well, for some reason I thought it was a great idea to go to bed at 8 o'clock every night last week. Yeah. Seem to work for you. And then I thought it was a great idea to have a horrible migraine and sleep all day on Friday. Yeah, that didn't seem so great for you. Yeah, it was not great. It was not great. And then I slept for another ten hours today. So I feel I'm feeling pretty uh pretty ginky, as the Japanese would say, and I've got some energy to spare, and I'm very excited to watch this movie with you. Okay. I've never heard that word before. Ginky. Ginky is the is a Japanese word that means like full of energy and strength. So it kind of is a word that you're just kind of innervated, you know? You're like full of like piss and vinegar, as they might say in America. Um, we are watching Don't Look Now. We are. Today, but should we tell them what we just watched? Oh, we watched Fear Street Part 2. Yes, yeah, so we have a friend group in which we watch scary movies. And the last time we were able to manage a time together to watch a scary movie, we were watching Fear Street Part 2. You and I had not seen Part 1 yet. No. And we made it halfway through. Most people in the group fell asleep because we're old. And we decided to reconvene at a later date. And then you and I watched Fear Street Part 1 yesterday on a whim. And we just watched Fear Street Part 2, and what are your thoughts? It was pretty good. I'm impressed. I am also very impressed. I didn't expect it to be that bloody and gory, but I'm glad it was. Yeah, it's... When you watch a horror movie and it just kills people that you don't expect to be killed... Yeah. Like, there's like, oh, this person has a lot of empathy. Like, you know, they're really causing you to see this person as a human being with a life, and oh, they're dead. Yeah, and children. Horrifically dead. And children, too. Children. It's like, oh, you have a bad family life, and the people in the town next over are total dicks to you for no no reason, and you're dead. Yeah. So, yeah, we just had a really good time watching that. It was great. Um, we are having a great time here in the Upper Peninsula, enjoying the fall. Fall has started. It was pretty chilly today. Yeah, it's cold now. And we are in the process of buying a new house. Yeah, it's been going on for a while. Yeah, and, well, not that long when you think about it. And so we should be able to close the next two weeks. And we're really hoping to be able to do that before the first snow. Well, yeah, it should be before the first snow. Usually the snow till Halloween-ish. I bought a bunch of furniture today. Well, not a bunch of it, but a really big piece of furniture. So I'm really hoping that we're able to close soon because we have to pay a dollar a day rent. At the Keweenaw Consignment Store. Hashtag Keweenaw Consignment. Everyone should check that out. It's a really good place to go shopping in the Upper Peninsula for nice stuff. Clothing, furniture, books. Yeah. Yeah, PS4 games. I found the Rob Zombie Halloween 1 and 2 there. Yeah. It has been a while since we've recorded a full video. Video. We've never recorded a video. No. Well... <laughs> We've never recorded a full a full episode in a while. We have not recorded a full episode in a while um, for a multitude of reasons. Yeah, it's been a few. And I think we're a lot more prepared for this episode. I hope so. So the tagline of our Moose and Swirl podcast in which you and I watch the TV series Supernatural is husband does the... Wait. 
Husband picks the music. Husband picks the music and wife does the research, which in gen- our general life, that's pretty relevant because I'm the scholar professor and you are the very handsome music man slash engineer slash college student. Um, and so, no, he's not my student. I, well, <laughs> he is my student. He was not my student when we met or got married, to be fair. <laughs> no, we did it backwards. We did it backwards. <laughs> I have not announced to the class that you were my husband, yeah. but that particular class, I don't think it's relevant. It I don't matter. grade it in a way that involves people's names. Um, hashtag anonymous grading. It's a pedagogical choice. Whatever that means. Okay. Well, people in the know know what I mean. Um, but anyway. So we're pretty researched this time, but it is topsy-turvy. I'm showing up here. I'm the charisma. I'm the face. I am like the here, the attitude. I'm here to be engaging with you, but you did all the research. I did. I did not pick the music. No, you won't. Nor did I pick the movie, which is the number three movie. Yeah, we're down to number three on the uh, Metacritic score of yes. all horror movies of all time. Now, here's the thing. Jombie. Yeah. I am pretty sure we watched this movie, and I'm pretty sure that same friend group that I mentioned, I'm pretty sure we watched it together, but it may have been one of those movies that we watched at the beginning of our relationship when you couldn't sleep ever and you had to leave, like, with 30 minutes left to go. I'm pretty sure I didn't watch this movie ever. I'm pretty sure you've seen it, but how about you tell us a little bit about Don't Look Now from 1973? Well, it was... uh Directed by Nicholas Rogue. No. It was based on a short story by Daphne du Maurier. Daphne du Maurier. Okay, whatever. Oh. And the screenplay was written by Alan Scott and Chris Bryant, and thank you to them for having easier to pronounce names. Okay, Daphne du Maurier has some really <clears throat> amazing books. Okay, I'll take it apart. Okay. And then uh, it stars Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland. Yeah, Donald Sutherland. Father of Kiefer Sutherland. Holy crap, really? Yes. But Donald Sutherland doesn't seem old enough to be Kiefer Sutherland's dad. Because Kiefer Sutherland to me seems pretty old, and Donald Sutherland seems to me to be about the same age. No, I'm pretty sure they're... How old is Donald Sutherland? He is 86. Holy shit! Wow! And Kiefer Sutherland is... 54. I guess... So I think 32 years older. I guess that could be correct. I didn't realize that because I always think of Donald Sutherland not as an elderly person. I think of him pretty much at the age of this movie. Donald Sutherland and Shirley Douglas are Kiefer Sutherland's... Okay. All right. So, Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland are the main characters. BAFTA Award, Best Cinematography. I'm stealing your notes. You're stealing my notes. I'm sorry. You continue. You continue. Well, do you want a synopsis of the plot? I would love one. It's a married couple grieving the recent death of their young daughter are in Venice when they encounter two elderly sisters, one of whom is psychic and brings a warning from beyond. Ooh. See, I don't remember ever seeing this. Yeah, I've seen it. I can guarantee you I haven't. You have, because you were with me when we saw it. It has a 7.2 on IMDb. Okay. Which is lower than you'd expect, but we're going off the meta score. Okay. And the meta score was like 94% positive reviews through IMDb. Excellent. Rotten Tomatoes has it as a 97% critic reviews. Yep. And 
100% user review. I'm a little surprised because in my recollection, it's just one of those, like, old-timey, like, everyone's running around and there's sad things in the past kind of movies, but I'm it's fine. Well, I went through the reviews, the critic reviews. I went through the, actually, just the top reviews. Yeah. The ones that uh, Rotten Tomatoes trust, you know, from yeah. big-time news Okay, let's hear some stuff. top reviews. Well, I found... Like the the best positive and negatives. Oh, top. So we want to hear in this podcast, we've decided to do a little bit different. Because we have been sharing like the, the actual reviews from there. But I think we've been sharing them as we find them. Yeah, basically. This time, John did the research because yeah. he's very smart and he's a great college boy. <laughs> Some of them are extremely long. Okay. So what I went for was a verified top reviewer from a... Well-known source. Nice. So I took the top reviews. I found the ones that were the most concise and the one that made most sense in yeah. a short amount yeah. of time. And then I found the same for the negatives. Oh. The problem with this is there are very few negative reviews from top-reviewed sources. So okay. the one I did find might not be the best negative review, I guess. That's the funniest thing you mean? Yeah. This is the comedy podcast. I would remind is. you, darling husband. I know, but uh, this this movie does not seem to lend too much to comedy. <laughs> well, let's hear what you have to say. What is well, the, the top the, score? What's the top review? It's by Nigel Andrews from Financial Times. Ooh, Financial Times? What the fuck? Yeah, they do a movie review section I and guess. they're well respected. Okay. From at least they did 40 years ago. Yeah. And the review is there is something molten about the whole movie. That it's magic from the colors that shift and bleed in a transparency of a stained glass window. Sutherland's character is a restorer of churches to the famous graphic love scene between the stars. That doesn't even like... That doesn't even... None of that... Isn't that wonderful? Okay, fucking... Every every review was like, this is just like weird. It's beautiful, it's weird, there's colors and stuff. Okay, let's hear the next. A negative... From Vincent Canby of New York Times. Not only do you probably have better things to do, but so I'm sure do the most of the people connected. (laughs) Everyone has better things to do. You know what they did have to do, though? A free vacation in Venice. Not only free, it's the, they got paid to have a vacation in Venice for this. And reading through the reviews of this, the people who loved it talked about, well, the cinematography. It won the BAFTA Award for Best Cinematography. And they talk about... How it's so well done and it's so well shot, and the people who don't like it say it's plotting and boring. Well, it is almost it's an hour and fifty minutes long. But it's it's odd. You get a mixed bag of some people saying it's intense and disturbing, and some people just say it's boring. Well, we're gonna find out for each other, yeah. huh? Now yeah. we did just watch Fear Street, which is the opposite. I think you could call. Yeah. Of well, whatever the hell. This there's is. a couple little uh, tidbits I picked up that make it sound very interesting to watch. Oh yeah. That uh, Renato Scarpa, who plays Inspector Longhi, didn't speak any English. He just read the lines he'd been given without knowing what they meant, and this added to the sinister quality of his character. That is so wonderful. It is. And and an odd other tidbit is red and green are present in almost every scene of the film. Apparently Mm. the director was very cognizant about colors. And And that colorblind people can go fuck themselves. Well, that's typically what our stance is right uh you know our friend jeff yeah 
Well, he's a psychology professor at Finlandia. We're just going to go ahead and, like, put him on blast. No, maybe just kidding. But uh, when I was at Finlandia University up here in the Upper Peninsula before they shit-canned me because philosophy is bad. Um, but anyway, he, uh, I was doing a lot of work with him on, like, trying to do cross-disciplinary stuff. And I would have him come in and teach classes. Um, and he came and taught a class. And the first thing he said was, because he was talking about the neuroscience of love. And he was making, like charts and stuff on the whiteboard and he said is anyone here red green colorblind and I never thought to ask that and some people like raised their hand in class and so he got out different color markers oh yeah well you know what those people can go fuck themselves apparently apparently they can according to this movie (laughs) but no I just thought that was really interesting and now I I don't usually use colors of markers in a way that would like indicate anything so i might as well be using the same marker at any given time the only ever time that i'm using markers of different colors is when one runs out and i throw it away and i grab a different marker so but i do ask sometimes but then i also feel then you could just use black and just everybody yeah but for what he was doing is i think the thing is in philosophy you don't necessarily need different colors but in psychology, I think you might need, like, when you're indicating processes in the human brain, it might be helpful to have color. Yeah. But colorblind people or regular colorblind people have a hard time in life, including while watching this film. Apparently. Yeah. Well, they would see these colors, they just wouldn't be red and green. I guess not. No Christmas for them. No, Christmas must be drab. <laughs> well, John... Should Are we? you ready to watch this? Yeah, we're going to watch it. I'm going to be up the whole time. It's 9-12. I'm going to make it. I'm sure you will. Well, okay. I've also seen this already. Okay. And so have you. I have not. You don't remember seeing it, but you have. I, I saw. I saw the, the preview with the dead baby, and I'm like, no. Okay, well, let's watch this. Hey, John. Hi. We just got to watch the first part of this movie. I don't like it so far. So, basically, we get Donald Sutherland's dad. Is he Kiefer or Donald? He's Donald. We get Donald Sutherland, like, and his wife hanging out inside of an old manor house while their children that are, like, three and five play outside alone. Yeah. She's like three, right? Maybe four? No, she's older than that. Five? Five or six, I would she's say. She's not quite like talking age. Yeah. She didn't seem too talkative. Anyway, so she kept playing around in puddles and eventually falls in one. Now he's looking at pictures of churches and he cuts his finger and he, blood gets on the slide that he's looking at the church on. Red and green. Mm-hmm. And he, I guess, realizes that something's up. More faster than the wife who's fucking around doing nothing. She's just like la di da di da. I'm looking at stuff, drinking on the couch, and like he's running and jumping into the pond and finding his daughter, and she's dead, and he's doesn't understand how to deal with like resuscitation from drowning victims, I guess, because they never took a class, and she's fucking dead. Yeah. And that's how we started this movie. That's on the top. 10 list of scary num- movies. Number three. It's like thriller, horror. What's this list? It's a horror. That's the Metascore. I top. don't understand how this is a horror, except because we just this started is, with a dead kid. With plenty is, of movies um, start with dead kids. 
this is, what's a what's a guy's Sorry, name? Who, the dog wants to go to who, bed, who and that's what that sound is. Yeah. Who's the one who originally played Pennywise? I can't think um, of his name. Cheese pizza. <laughs> you know the guy that Tim Curry. Tim Curry. This cheese is his, pizza. This is his favorite horror movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's keep going, huh? Yeah. Here you. Hello. Hi. Women, am I right? Yeah. How do you put up with women in the 60s? I don't know, but... They talk too much and they think they know things. Oh, Donald Sutherland is also the bad guy in The Hunger Games. Yes, he is. I forgot that until just now. And then I'm like, <laughs> wait, I do remember him as an older man. I, when I was looking up this movie and uh, Donald Sutherland on IMDb that came up for the best known for... and. Like three of his top four were hungry. I feel so bad for this guy. I don't know because it's like he was super fucking old when he did it. I know, but that's what I mean. He got a lot of money, I bet. So I don't feel too bad for him. He's a super well respected actor. Yeah, and he well respected his retirement Uh, through doing the Hunger Games. And honestly, I think the Hunger Games is fine. We'll have to get into that later. But I don't want to get okay, into that. So, I've never watched them, and I will. So basically, doodad Donald Sutherland is uh, helping restore a church that he's realized is a fake. It's supposed to be a 16th century church. They're doing like some foundational work, but they're realizing that the church is not a 16th century church. So what type of fake it is is actually quite interesting to me because I'm like, wait, is it like an 18th century reproduction of a 16th century church, or is it more recent? Who knows, but we're in Venice and everything is wet. <laughs> so he goes to, to a very early lunch because it's still daytime, I guess. And his wife says, um, oh, just give me this what I had last time. And uh, last time she had white wine and a salad because oh. that's what they said. That's what you do in Italy. Yes, I, I don't know Italian, but I know enough French to know white wine and a salad when I hear it <laughs> in a romance <laughs> language. Um Anyway, also yeah, I, I did... Heard fresco. Well, they said vino blanco and salada. Yeah. Like the salada verde is what he said. It's a green oh, salad. salada fresco. No, so he said salada verde. Oh. It's a green salad and white wine. <laughs> but anyway, so they're being watched by these two old ladies at the, at the restaurant. And so one of the old ladies gets something in her eye. And so the wife helps her in the bathroom and... Turns out that one of the old ladies is blind and can see, but not regular things. No. Visions of their dead child. And she's laughing and she's laughing and she's laughing. <laughs> she's the. <laughs> it's creepy when you do it. Well, it was pretty freaking creepy when the blind lady said it too. And so basically the wife, I guess, stayed in the bathroom a really long time, went back to the table... And he's already done with dinner and had sent hers back to be warmed. And she just passes out immediately. What if this is all just a tale of a lady who didn't want to tell her husband that she was pooping? <laughs> like, that's why she was in the bathroom. So yeah, it's she like the dead kid is totally tangential to the whole thing. And she comes back with tales of psychics. Yeah. Well, now, like, she's gone to the hospital and has come out of the hospital. And he's, she's like, I saw her. She's been, she's with us. I'm so happy she's with us, Christine. 
And so she basically, so they're driving, I guess, in the canals of Venice. They get stopped by a homicide, and she wants to stop at a random church that's closed. But somehow they get inside of it, and that's where we are. Yeah. I think it's malarkey. Well, sure. Let's keep going. This bitch is not taking her pills. <gasps> and she's talking with crazy psychic people that are having orgasms. <laughs> yeah, just oddly just hanging out around a table. Okay. So, basically, they... The main character's name is John. Donald Sutherland. His name is John. He and Laura have sex. You claim that they had real sex. Well, no. I just read it somewhere. We had a very long discussion of whether Halle Berry and... Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton had sex in Monster's Ball. I just can't imagine she would have sex with him. Why not? Because it's Halle Berry and he's Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, but it's for the art, not for the person. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so like... So we had that discussion that was off air because it's probably inappropriate. Um, So basically she runs into the, like the people that can see the future again while her husband is trying to put a gargoyle up onto this church. It's a very gross gargoyle. His face is super close to it. And she goes and has tea with them. And she wants him to come with her, but instead he stays back and drinks and she has tea, except tea is actually whiskey, and the blind lady is grabbing her tits and like, oh, yes, and yeah. pretending that she's talking to the dead daughter. That was a bit odd. It was very weird. He tried to go up there and, like, see what was going on, and, like, the other guys that lived in the same, t- in the same like, building noticed that he was sketchy, and so they ran him off, and he went and got super drunk, vomited, and then they get a phone call from... The British boarding school that they've left their child at. The living child, obviously. And apparently that child has gotten burns on his body during fire practice. Yeah, who knows what that is. It's either... A fire drill, maybe? Fire drill with real fire (laughs) or something with guns. And so he's... They've had to figure out how to get her back to... From Venice to England. And so... I was like, that can't be too far that much of a drive. Well, it's an it's an eighteen hour it's a seventeen hour and eight minute drive with tolls. With holes? With tolls. Unless I said holes. So like after London or whatever, I don't know where their their kid is at. He's probably at Eaton. So actually if I if I change this, um, this kid is probably at Eaton College in Windsor, which is not too far away from London, I think. Um, so I'm, I'm recalculating. It's actually only 15 hours and 16 minutes with tolls by driving. But obviously they're not driving. It's the olden days. She could take a one-day train, a 12-day hike, a four-day bike ride, or just be like a normal person. She's taking a charter flight, and I guess it's a two-and-a-half-hour flight with all the connecting mumbo-jumbo and stuff like that. But anyway, you're snoring. No. We might have to watch the rest of this movie. We're at 58 minutes and 29 seconds of this hour and 50 minute long movie. We're still kind of wondering when the scary movie or thriller or whatever it is begins. Yeah, the closest thing was him yelling about his daughter being dead. I mean, yeah, but that's just normal sadness of dead kid. Yeah. I don't know currently why it's in the thriller except that there's a psychic involved. 
Maybe. That's creepy it's and weird. Supernatural. Apparently the psychic told her that she he should leave, but she keeps saying this this is what the psychic meant. She's not taking her pills. And he said she's like, Maybe I should start taking my pills again. He says, Yes, the pills are on the counter. Take them. Here's some water. And then she like hides the pills and pretends yeah. to take them. Which is all my paranoia with our kids that take medicine and I'm just like, Are you taking them? They're not in your sleeves, are they? Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm just I'm waiting for the movie, I guess. Yeah, I get it. Venice is very wet. <laughs> just so That's you know. That's your critique of the movie? It's Venice. not a critique. It's I mean, just a statement. My critique is that I would like for something to happen that besides the one dead kid and one hurt kid, I guess, and a weird lady grabbing her tits. I mean, they did have a sex scene that was kind of weird for me because it was interspersed with her and Donald Sutherland getting dressed, and she was putting on an outfit that I believe my Nana owned, and because... <laughs> Well, Nana right would have been, and yeah, in the right time period, and Nana was very fashionable, and so I'm pretty sure I've seen that outfit in her closet. So that was weird for me, but um, yeah, should we go? Sure. Okay. Woof, John. Yes. It's been an, another fifty minutes. Somehow, yeah. no, keep playing it. Yeah, I just wanted to see uh, how oh. much official time was left. Like three more minutes. Yeah. So, like, it's been 50 minutes since we paused. And, and, it's, and it's not because we were intrigued by the film. No, we were just waiting for something, anything to happen. Basically, his wife went, at, I think the last time we spoke, the wife had gone back to England because uh, the son had gotten injured. And then he thought he saw her on a barge. And so... I guess he had the old people arrested, then he got them back out of jail when it turns out she was in England the whole time. They tried to save him, but then kicked him out of the room. Yeah, and then uh, called for him back. But it was too late. Yeah. And then, basically, he went running after what he thought was his child and locked the door behind him at an inopportune moment so his wife couldn't get to him. And he gets to the child, and she turns around, and it's a cre- creepy gargoyle lady that slaps him in the throat with a knife, and he dies. Yep. And the whole end of the movie is the funeral, and what he was seeing was, because he's got a little bit of the shine. <laughs> yeah. So he was literally seeing his own death, because, I mean, there's, what the fuck is the point of this movie? Yeah, there's not much. It was, it looks like it was just an attempt for, um... Just the art of making a film, not yeah, so much the I mean, story. It's beautiful and wet yeah. and soggy, and it's got some art pieces we're trying to figure out. We've got some uh, ostentation of the of the church, which you love. Yeah, maybe 50 years ago, this was like awe-inspiring because of how it looked. And that there's butts in it. But now it's just like, okay... Where's my slashing? I mean, we did just watch a pretty good slasher movie right before we watched this. Yeah, but... So I don't know if it's the fault of the... I don't know. I mean, this would be the same time as Hitchcock movies, and they're compelling. Yeah, I think that... Beautifully shot and here's my stories. Here's my shtees. <laughs> <laughs> if this was like an hour and 20 minutes, I think there's a good half hour you could cut from this movie. Yeah. Maybe this is me. I, I have a colleague that is teaching film theory 
and we, we talk sometimes and he talks about the difference between cinema and film and um and like in movies and my thing is just like yes but a film you should just you should think about it is what he says and that you don't even have to have words it's just the, it's just the cinematography and i'm just like life yeah. is short and i've got books for that yeah you know what i mean like i want i, I want flashy colors I mean, there, it's not that I don't like to be thinking. It's just that I would like it if it's listed as a horror movie or a thriller or... I mean, this is the horror thriller top, like, yeah. 20. And we, the third, the first one is Psycho. The second one is Rosemary's Baby. And yeah. then we get this. Yeah. This like, is... Trip to Venice. Yeah. It's really terrible. Yeah, I don't know if it's critics being full of themselves to to. The audience so score was super high too, but I also no, wonder if it's the, the audience only score was fairly low compared. Seventy six percent. Yeah, against but, a ninety seven percent critic. But rating. I'm also wondering if the audience that have watched it are only like film nerds. Probably. And no, I mean I would like to see the like normal people audience that made it through this. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like I know I've seen this entire movie, and I. Just, I mean, I, I knew everything that was going to happen, basically, but it's just so frustrating to watch all of it again. I would very much like to never watch it again. Well, I think we can make that happen. So, before we go on to the next stage of this podcast, in which we talk about the next film, I would like to talk about how people can reach us. Oh, they can email us at uptoandincludingdeath.com. And if they want to get or, at us to... <laughs> What? You can oh, email us at up to including death at gmail.com. Exactly. Our website is up to including death.com. And I recommend if you have an understanding of this film and you want to explain to us why it's a horror movie or a thriller at all, you could uh, get to, to us at our socials at up to and ID with the number two. And good luck explaining why this is a horror movie. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. If you want to come on the podcast and explain it to me, that would be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> but let's actually talk about uh, Saw 3D. That's our next movie. Yeah, we're going to do a little uh, trifecta of the last three <laughs> yeah, Saw we're, movies. Yeah, we're we, as we decided in the last, uh, the last very tired, very sleepy uh, podcast that we had come out, uh, that we filmed on Thursday, uh, on Monday night, <laughs> and I. Oh, well, we didn't film it. We recorded it on Monday night. Um, we we've decided to finish up watching all the Saw movies, which might involve us reading the entire Wikipedia's to each other, not necessarily on this podcast, to try to kind of catch up of like what we missed because we were following along pretty intensely, and then we kind of got distracted. Yeah. Okay, let's watch the trailer, huh? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Moving the camera away from it so it's not too... The camera? The camera. Man, I am just all out of it today, aren't I? The time has come, the walrus said, for all to experience the last act. Oh, no, it's a public saw thing. Wow, of a legend. Oh boy, he's gonna play a game. There's some people stuck in a very public space. Ooh. You have watched others suffer. Ooh. Who else is gonna suffer? It is your turn. It's hard to suffer. Yeah? Because we watched? Oh shit! 
It's in the movie theater. Well, I think that was just an ad because it's in. Oh my god! The movie theater is gonna touch you and it's coming to get you. Oh no, you're being taken from the theater. John, this is a scary one. They might kill us. Yeah. Oh, we got some screaming. It looks terrible. I love it. The last piece of the puzzle. I don't think any of the families are terrible. No, they're all great. This one, this seems. I I know it's weird. It's this this October the traps come alive. So I know this is weird to say, but I feel like it's a little gimmicky for a saw movie. To have a saw? No, I mean to have like the three D stuff coming out. It just seems like gimmicky in a way that's unnecessary. Like the first saw movie cost a million dollars to make. Yeah. And this one, I think, cost $20 million. It's still yes. not that bad. Um, it but made $136 million, so I don't think they give a shit what you think about I it. Know, John, okay, <laughs> first of all, you calm down, first know. of all. Second of all, I, I just what I mean is, if you look at the first movie, didn't they make like $250 million? I don't and remember. it cost them a million to make? I don't remember. You don't remember how convenient that you don't remember. Yeah. It's pretty convenient. You know, I remember that it cost them $20 million to make, even without looking at the estimated budget on the screen. Wonderful. Because the next one cost $10 million, and then the one after that cost $20 million. I remember that because I thought that was odd. It was 2010-20. Anyway, so I'm very much looking forward to watching Saw. Me too. And <laughs> I just looked at the scores again on this bad boy. <laughs> Let's give him a little preview of the scores. Hold on, go back oh, up. It, it's 10%, 10 on credits. 10% on critics, but 41% on audience. It still isn't good. It's not great, but it's pretty good. Oh, there's so many Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. 80, that's when we went 82 reviews, uh, 74 negative reviews. That's a lot of negative reviews that you're going to... Grab some of those reviews for us. We're going to check it out. Yeah. It's going to be great. Right? Yep. It'll be awesome. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be a very short movie. This episode was not meant to be short. I just want to lay that out there to you people that we actually were planning on having a normal episode that was going to be a good 45 minutes long. Lots of discussions about the film. This film was just fucking boring. There was yeah. nothing to talk about. No. Not much at all. It's like, yep, I accidentally said a bunch of women stole my wife, but it turns out that they didn't do anything, and they're just trying to help, but then they didn't help well, and then I died. Yeah, he could see the future a little bit. Not enough to save his daughter's life, or, or his, his own. own. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, wasn't that Mystery Man, the guy who could see 20 seconds into the future? It's not very helpful, is it? No. I thought that was like, that's the one where he like... Would always order steak, but then split the dinner with everybody. Is with Mystery Men was that the one that with Ben Stiller? Ben Stiller yeah. yeah, there's a whole thing in that where Ben Stiller oh. and um, and all of them go out to lunches together, and like the one guy that like can like the one guy that actually sees the future like like complains because he only ever orders a salad, whereas Ben Stiller's character orders a steak every time, and it's like it's not fair that we're splitting. Why are we splitting? And then Slayer's like, it's easier to split it. Yeah. I thought, I just, that that kept in, that stayed in my mind as being funny. Okay. Paul Rubin stayed in my mind for that movie. Yeah? Yeah. Is, I, isn't that William the, H. Macy. Isn't that the one with the guy in it that says that he can be invisible, but you can't look? Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> 
He's only invisible when people aren't looking. Oh, man. It's fantastic. All right, honey. Well, two things left to do. Uh, Stay scared. And stay married. Goodbye. Hi there. Welcome to The Secret Track by Trish. John's sleeping in the next room, so I thought I'd go ahead and tell you how you can contact us. Please email up to and including death at gmail.com. Hit us up on our socials, up to an ID at just about everywhere. That is two with the number two. And if you have a moment, it would be great if you could review us on iTunes or anywhere else. I'd also like to thank Stefan Kartenberg for the use of his song Fire and Ice in the intro and outro in the middles of our program. Uh, Fire and Ice, it's uh, copyrighted 2017, licensed under Creative Commons Attributions share like license and i'm gonna go ahead and add the link to this to the show notes thank you stefan and thank you listeners goodbye